Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Robert McFarlane is one, of course, of Britain's foremost writers on nature, with books like Mountains of the Mind, Underland, and his best-selling children's book, The Lost Words. He's won countless prizes, the latest being the inaugural Western International Award, one of the world's largest prizes for an outstanding body of non-fiction work, and he certainly got that, along with taking readers to high altitude, through wilderness, and to subterranean depths with his writing. He's also a full-time professor at Cambridge University, and a vocal environmental campaigner. Robert joins me now. Well, Robert, since we last spoke, you've added another string to your bow. When did this uh, musical career begin? Oh, hi, Mariella. Um, That began in the first week of lockdown. Uh, I mean, I'd already worked with musicians uh, around music arising from the lost words, which I sort of wrote as songs, really, songs for children, I guess, words that tumbled in their mouths. But Johnny Flynn and I um, put our heads together in that first week of lockdown when suddenly we were terrified and we were also um, uh, strapped to strapped to a single place, really. And so we just began to pass lyrics back and forth and um, and they grew into songs and songs grew into an album. The first song, of which is the one you just heard, the um, uh, Black Dog. Yeah. Ten Degrees of Strange, it's called. Would you say that they're campaigning songs? Well, they have their root in the oldest written story that we know, which is the Epic of Gilgamesh, which is about four and a half thousand years old in its oldest form. And that's the first story of deforestation. It's basically it's about ecocide. Gilgamesh and Enkidu travel across the desert and they kill the forest demon, the spirit of the forest, the spirit of the forest life, who's called Humbaba. And then they cut down all the trees. So, you know, literature has been warning us for as long as it's been written down. And these songs are new versions of of, of those warnings, I guess. Well, that's quite depressing in a way, isn't it? Because if you look at the news headlines, particularly today, and I'm very glad I I have you on today, it seems like we haven't really been... uh, uh, you know, taking in uh, the words we've been reading or indeed the stories, mm-hmm. you know, over a very long history of time. I know your upcoming book is titled, I think, Is a River Alive? Uh, mm-hmm. We'll discuss the answer to that question in a moment, perhaps. But I just wondered what your reaction was to today's news that, that water bills are going to rise by 40% to fix this sewage pollution crisis, uh, or at least it's being discussed. I mean, the sense of urgency, I was told by one MP earlier in the programme, you know, it's going to take decades to sort out we don't have decades do we we don't have decades but it's been decades in the making and it, it's uh, it's probably going to take decades to fix um no it's a it's a it's a dismal story a story of shareholder 
over extraction um and and much of that money is is kind of capital flight out of out of the uk um and thames water may well turn out to be the first of the first of the dominoes so and our rivers are in desperate condition they 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 were in a desperate condition 50 years ago and then when wonderful roger deakin my my mentor and friend long since dead wrote wrote waterlog the great hymn to open water swimming that kind of sparked the Lido revival. He he published that in 1999. And that was a sort of, many ways, a high point of river health. And Roger could swim through Britain, as he put it, taking the frog's eye view and not come out with ear infections and stomach infections. And so that that was a sort of magical moment in a way. But since then, it's been very much downhill. We need new ideas and new structures. Are you surprised at the, the absence of new ideas? Yeah, well, uh, things become so entrenched. I mean, so structurally intransigent. Uh, the, the the book you mentioned that I'm I'm working on now is A River Alive, to which my nine year old son replied, uh, "Dad, that's going to be a short book because duh, the idea, the answer is yes." Um, it, <laughs> thanks, <it> is, mate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, thanks, buddy. It is going to be quite a long book because it is a very complex story. But but it, it it's about the oldest idea really, which is that the world around us is alive in in complex ways and that's there in Gilgamesh too the the original text talks about the forest as alive as having a mind you know alive in a way that is is greater than the sum of the lives it contains rivers are astonishing enlivening forces they they create life they bring life we can feel it when you when you swim in clean water when you sit on the banks of a fast flowing clear watered river you feel enlivened um and we are we have we have forgotten that idea and i've been traveling in in i guess in search of places where that idea ha- has not been forced underground uh, or indeed where it's it's springing back up through the surface of the landscape through this this movement called the rights of nature movement which seeks to recognize the aliveness of forests and rivers and mountains and then recognize the rights that they possess, the right to flow freely, the right to be undammed or unpolluted. And so have you found places then where there's political will as well as the will of the people to to, to change the status quo? Yeah, um it's but it's come it's come from the people to to power, as it were. I think that's that's one of the crucial things is it's best grown from the ground up. And we're just starting to see that happen here in the UK, I think it was the river, one of the Sussex rivers um, recently had its uh, its rights declared and its status as a as 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 a being, as a rights bearing being recognised by the by the district councils. Now that doesn't have a regulatory purchase, as it were, but it's the beginning of a huge conceptual, imaginative shift, which um, took uh, centuries to. To, to die as an idea, but needs to be regrown within decades. But in Ecuador, for example, in 2008, Ecuador uh, revised its constitution and they included in the new constitution four articles recognizing and guaranteeing the rights of nature. Um, if you have constitutional leverage, you have power. And it's taken about a decade for that power to actually be seen on the ground. But I was in I was in a cedar wood, um, a cedar forest called Los Cedros, a cloud forest, the cedars, it means and that was protected in November 21 by an amazingly powerful constitutional court ruling that evicted a state mining company together with a multinational um, mining company um, from the forest. It just said, no, the rights of nature are, are what must be guaranteed here. And they are they are the they are the more powerful rights. And off you go. 
I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I mean, it's interesting, isn't it? Because it does seem to be, uh, uh, you know, one particular issue on which the public and the government are completely divided because my inbox today on this news and also, you know, obviously responding because it was the Times and the the Sunday Times who did their Mm. cleanup uh, campaign rather brilliantly, letting people know what state our waterways were in. Uh, And yet, you know, one feels, like I said to you earlier, you know, I spoke to an MP today who talked about, you know, it'll take decades to sort out. And you you sort of feel like you want to hear someone who's on fire with the determination to sort it out, not 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 making you feel like this is something that, you know, will eventually, you know, in the in the you know, the spirit of time ca- happen. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, there is fire, isn't there? I mean, Fergal Sharkey's on fire. Kate, Kate Moran um, uh, uh, has been fantastic on this issue has really has really led on it and has written about the, the rights of nature uh, with regard to rivers as well i think so that I, ideas are growing um the, the the fury is there it seems this the, the simplest of wishes to be able to to drink and swim in water that will not poison us and for our rivers to be in good ecological health and we look across the channel and we see we see people swimming in the center of Paris, we see the the Isa, the um, the river that runs through Munich, which was um, rewilded. It was heavily canalized uh, in the seventies, and then later it it, it became uh, freed from those constraints, and it became this wonderful wandering um, river that 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 the world that the, the the city swims in. It's and you can see the social life that gathers around the river and is 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 enlivened by it. It's human and it's more than human. I swam there. And in the in the shallows, grey mullets just sort of thin, and you move past them, and they move past you. It was a a wonderful vision of what a, a river city could be. 
You mentioned seeing fish swim by. Chris from Sheffield has been in touch uh, saying, love the show as always. Thank you very much, Chris. Uh, It's not just the water company scandal that destroys our waterways. I'm an angler and I see the vast amount of litter in rivers and lakes. The public should be ashamed of themselves. I mean, we do have a hand in this as well, don't we? The idea that somebody else should always sort it out is, is, is not helpful on the, on yeah. issues like this or or indeed on climate no absolutely um my my feeling is that i mean if we think of that in context of the access campaign for example the current growing um uh, roar of the right to roam campaign in england um which wants to open up a lot a lot more ground to public access than just the uh, 130 odd thousand miles of, of footpath uh, on the grounds of um of of public and well-being and, and the well-being of, of, of nature itself. Um, with those rights, the right of access would come, must come responsibilities. And we, you know, we've all we've all seen um the photographs that go viral of the of the effectively Glastonburyization, as it were, of the uh, the countryside camping sites that are that are that, that are ill-maintained. But that's not that's not wild camping. That's not responsible access. It's fly camping. And it we need we need education. The government has put almost no money into the countryside code. Uh, I grew up with, and you probably did too, Mariella, a, a countryside code that we were we were aware of. It mm. was kind of it was there from early learning. Do you remember? Yeah, do you remember? But, yeah, absolutely. And and just simple things like shutting gates or yeah. you know, I mean they're just very, very basic stuff that I think every child you know, in my age group, new, you know, in my classroom. Yeah, yeah, it's a it's a basic literacy. And it's part of a, a basic literacy of of what I call nearby nature, the lost words, which you touched on and the lost spells, which followed it up, which I these books I made with Jackie Morris, they, they wanted nothing more or less um, um, significant than to put the words of everyday nature, the nature we live with, the, that we share our landscapes and lives with back into the the mouths of children and their stories and their songs. So acorn, bramble, bluebell, conquer, these were the words that were taken out of a, a widely used children's dictionary in 2007. And Jackie and I just thought that we would write spells, spell poems, and 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 Jackie would paint um, paint these words back into life, as it were. So I think a sort of, yeah, an everyday literacy of, 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 of the country, of the land, as it were, has fallen and from us and needs to be grown back into us and it, and it seems that it really does have to start with children uh, yeah. because if you if you start with a love of of well in fact i think we're, we all start with a, a love a fascination of the natural world don't we and then we sort of have it beaten out of us <laughs> well yeah I, I sometimes describe children as wonder noughts they're they're that that's what they voyage in that's what they explore that they are absolute naturals at nature and one of the lovely things with the lost words is that it's been such a hopeful movement it hasn't been a kind of admonition look at what you cannot do look at what you've forgotten how to say um it's been a celebration of those words and the lives that they that they connote and the children of i mean we've there are book copies of the books in almost every primary school in england um wales and scotland now after crowdfunding campaigns and the children kind of gather they learn the poems by heart they they perform them as they speak them um so so jackdaw for example begins jackdaw circling the back door showing off your knack for letting rip the high core through cutting through the 
calm call. It's like, a wrap. It's a wrap. You, you might get a stage um, at Glastonbury next year if you carry on like that. Only if I can remember my words. They do it much, they do it much better than I do. But yeah, it's sort of so sort of making nature fun again from 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 the earliest of years and and outdoor learning as well is a huge a huge part of that school it's really hard for schools particularly in England to to learn outdoors green space can be hard to reach um the red tape you have to cut to to learn outdoors is um or or, or meet fulfill yeah, I mean, you've said tricky. thing you've said something and I thought that's so obvious why did we not think of that which is often where the, the, the reaction to the best ideas but you know why doesn't every primary school get twinned with a local farm yeah yeah because so often this this awful opposition is is you know farmers butting up against um conservationists and some many farmers are fabulous stewards of of the land love it and know it so so much better um children don't know in many ways where and how their their food comes from so yeah that was part of a manifesto that um uh that chris packham and patrick barkham and i and others um wrote and edited and then in 2018 then we delivered on a march march for nature led by children led by young people to um to uh, the government, to, to 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 Whitehall, and um, yeah, that was one of the ideas. And also, children planting city trees. Our cities should be should be forests. In fact, London is a forest. It's got about eight and a half million trees and and about nine million people. It's a it's a wonderful forest city. It's got staghorn beetles. It's got it's got bitterns in um in the marshes inside the M25. You know, remembering that we we live in a Londoners live in a wildwood. You've now um won this Western Prize for non-fiction, um, which is a, a big new uh, award. And I wondered, you know, because it's it's for all your work, it's not for mm. a specific book, um, whether that's sort of given you an opportunity to look back on what you've done and 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 think of what what connects it all. I mean, it, mm. is it a campaigning uh, zeal? Is it um, an illustrative thing? Where you, I mean, you, you said about because mountaineering was your first love, wasn't it? Mm. You said it's it's partly about being in love with the mountains, partly about you know a degree of of narcissism, perhaps. But but you know, what is it that first prompted you to write about nature, and how much more important does it feel now, even than when you started out? I suppose. Yeah, well, well, there's lots of lots of questions there. Yeah, sorry, um, <laughs> I'm trying to cram them all into my. That was my last question. Yeah, that's fine. Right. I'll, I'll, I'll try and take <laughs> them off. Unpick that will. <laughs> keep it short. No, the the award, uh, which comes from Canada, but yeah, recognises a body of work, as you say. Just, um, it, I mean, I, I I'm glad I wasn't at the wheel of the car that I was driving home from the mountains at the time. Um, I was in the passenger seat, or else I might well have ended up in the in the ditch. The news came completely out of the blue, and it it felt tremendously affirming it, it it was it was one of those things that just says keep going keep going you you're you're you, you you've been you've been steering in the right direction for the past 20 years and writing's a lonely business non-fiction's a weird thing why do we call it non-fiction why do we say what it isn't we define it almost as a failure from the beginning it can't do the things that fiction does but it can um it has rhythm and suspense and and plot and pattern and character and dialogue and all of those things to me it's this wonderful world of opportunity um to make language um behave strangely and carry carry thoughts into hearts um and and dreams into minds and, and move people so um yeah i i guess i my I, I always balk at being described as a nature writer or at least i say well if nature includes why people die on mountain tops how we bury nuclear waste um what 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 our future in the anthropocene is um 
you know, na- na- nature encloses us. It is it is everything. And so in a way, I think all all writing is nature writing at, at, at the moment. But but my books have been joined by a longing to explore these relationships between our our hearts, um, our imaginations, and, uh, and 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 the living world around us. It began with mountains. I'm now, <laughs> I'm now wading upstream in a in a river of thought that is more vigorous than any I've ever stepped into before. At a time when we we understand the risks um, and the perils of the crumbling ecological brink we stand on.